Hello, everybody. This is Travis Knight. I am the associate artistic director as well as a member of the ensemble at A Red Orchid Theater in Chicago. Now, before we get to this episode of Talking Tech, I wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to our development sponsor, John Sapira, our production sponsors, Barbara and Randy Thomas, and our beverage sponsor, Revolution Brewing. Also, thanks for the use of our theme song, I Already Do, by A Red Orchid Ensemble member, Steve Haggard who is currently playing Harry Potter on Broadway, so expelliarmus to him. Now, this episode of Talking Tech is a conversation with Revolution lighting designer Erica Lauren Mahomes. Her designs have been seen across the country at theaters like Idaho Shakespeare, Trinity Rep, First Stage, and many others. And in Chicago, she's worked on shows at Chicago Shakespeare as well as Steppenwolf. She is an absolute delight, and I hope you enjoy our chat. Have a great day. Think of it like a talkback. That's all this is. Love that for us. <laughs> so how are you today, Erica? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am back home for the first time in like two months. Tell us where home is. Where is home? Oh, yeah. I am in Kansas City, Kansas. Have been running around Chicago, Maine, the the whole New England area. And now I'm finally home doing my first show where I live. <laughs> like your first show ever where you live in Kansas City? Yep. I've never done a show in Kansas City. Oh, what are you what are you doing? Uh, I'm doing what the Constitution means to me at KC Rep. Oh, nice. Have you started rehearsal yet? Oh, yeah, we're in tech. I go to tech in about an hour. <laughs> okay. Oh, in an hour. All yeah. right, well then we'll, we'll we'll get this moving right along. Wait, did you say you were in Maine? Yeah, my partner lives in Maine, so I went on a huge trip and he took me to like Portland and up to Harmony, Skowhegan. We went all over central and southern Maine. Didn't get up very far north. <laughs> I mean, Maine is still pretty far north, I think, comparatively. Yes. <laughs> so that's nice. Okay. So you're down in Kansas City now. You, you're you working on a show. When does that show open? Ooh, I think we open next Friday, October 27th. Okay. Well, happy early opening. Yeah. Thank you. So talk to me a little bit about your process as a lighting designer. In this play in particular in Revolution, we had a lot of cool light things going on. How do you approach work when you're reading a script for the first time? What are you thinking about? What are you looking for as you think about what your design is going to be? Yeah, totally. So I start with pulling the key themes, things that are really interesting and exciting to me, any moments uh, that feel really powerful that I want to talk to the director or the playwright, whoever is the one running the show about like if we are in alignment on them or if I'm putting something on it that's not there in those initial meetings just to get a sense of the play, get a sense of the direction that the team is trying to take it. What were some of your initial impressions when you read Revolution? Like, What were some of the things that jumped out at you immediately? Oh, yeah. We had a great conversation after my first read where I kept saying that like I kept waiting for something bad to happen just because so much theater has been just like these very dark plays. So I kept waiting for the moment that something bad was going to happen and it didn't. And it was so wonderful to just read a play about these three women like finding each other across centuries. And then we had a hard pivot when you gave me the, the revelation of who the three women were. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say who the three <laughs> women were? 
Oh, am I allowed? Am I allowed to give spoilers? Yeah, you can do like think of this as a talk back. You can spoil. You can spoil it a little. Oh, bit. great. Yeah, when you brought up the weird sisters from from Macbeth, like everything clicked into place. Oh, yes, the pile of stuff is their like cauldron. It's their coming together place. They are the the fates from Hercules, like the portal from Lord of the Rings. There's like all of these pop culture references that immediately it's like, oh yeah, we can pull from all of these things. These are things that audiences will recognize to help tell the story of these three women. Yes. That was the thing that was most exciting. You were the first designer that I talked to when I was putting together this creative team and your face when we were on the Zoom lit up when we started to talk about witches and magic and ethereal life. It was it was amazing. And one of the things that Julie and I talked about yesterday were like as we head into a process, sometimes we have to like take big swings and not everything stays after we introduce it or bring it in, but we just have to try it. And some of those initial conversations we had, I'm glad so much of it stayed. Are there any elements that you're like, "Man, I wish we could have kept that or done that or beefed that up a little bit more?" Oh, yeah. We kept taking swings at the into my eyes moment. And like every piece felt right in a different way. Sometimes it was really steppy and we were showing like each step how we got into the thing and it was really clunky. But each step on its own was very beautiful and like leaving behind some of those cues and like uh, really pretty isolated moments was hard and like necessary. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They call it killing your darlings. Yeah. There were darlings killed, but it still looks amazing. It's a really cool end product. Here's the thing, everybody. Erica came in. When did you get into town? How many days before we went into dry tech? Ooh, I think it was three. Three days? Three days. Okay. So three days before we started dry tech, dry tech, for those of you out there, it is the time when the director and the designers come together. The actors aren't there that night. It's before we start tech technical rehearsal when we start to layer in costumes, light, sound, all of that. And it's an opportunity for us to get a jump start on the tech process. So try out certain cues, see how things look, make sure things are in the right spot before we start teching. And you got there three days ahead of time and you and Nate, our master electrician and your assistant were doing hang and focus. Do you want to talk about hang and focus a little bit? Because I even kind of want to know. Talk to me about hang and focus. Oh yeah. Hang and focus. Nate, my assistant got engaged. So I got there a day before Nate because he was still out on telling all their family tour. So I got in before Nate. So I got to go into the space and like walk around and walk through all of the shelves and not know where anything is and try to find like where everything belongs and where all of our lights are and like pulled out all the lights. Got to talk to Patrick a lot that day. (laughs) Patrick, our production manager. And then Nate got there and we put them all in the air. All of the lights that we had pulled that I had drawn on the plot, we, uh, Took turns. We had one ladder, so we took turns uh, putting them up in the air. Nice. Okay. Drawn on the plot. Say more about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So ahead of time, I had a list of what the lights are that the theater owned. So I looked through that list and supplemented with a couple of these little cheap UV lights from Amazon. Um, We got them on Labor Day sale. Okay, Labor Day. Which was awesome for us. Um, But we bought these little lights and otherwise we just use the lights that the theater already owns. We didn't have to rent anything or beg, borrow, steal from other schools, theaters, places. And I took that list, 
and laid out a grid on a piece of paper of how I'd be able to light everybody on the stage with the lights that we had and wrote them down so that our master electrician and my assistant could uh, circuit them and hang them in the air and we could get off to the races. It's really impressive. It, it truly is. And you and Nate went through and you really cleaned up a lot of that light grid. It looks like really neat and orderly up there and knowing exactly where things hang, how they hang, what they're going to do and how they're going to help the overall design and look of the play is a really impressive feat. And I have to say that even more impressive. So I went in there, I don't know, a couple of days before tech just to to look at something and you were already working on some of your cues. And I walked in and I saw some of those lights. And I was like, oh, this is really impressive. And you came into dry tech with most of your cues built, correct? Yeah, I had a ton of free time where paint was happy to let me work with them in the space. So I got like a full day of programming time, which I usually wouldn't get in a in a theater setting, uh, which was awesome. So you don't normally get that you would be doing it like what in tech on the fly like that? Yeah, a lot of the time you do it on the fly. You get in, they have designer run, you see the designer run, you make your cue list, send it to the stage manager. Next day you focus. And then the day after that is usually the start of tech. So I got a lot of extra time on this show, which was wonderful. Well, I am so grateful that you did. It was a huge help to have all of those cues like ready to go. My I, my goal for that tech weekend was to do a full run through with full tech by Sunday night. So on day two of tech, basically. And we did a full run through with full tech at what? Noon on Sunday. And people were sent home early and we got to do a bunch of cleanup work and it was amazing. So thank you for your remarkable work. So this play takes place in real time and you managed to make us, we went from what early evening to dusk and it's really impressive and it's really subtle. And can you talk about what that process is and like the, the, your thought process behind all of it? Suddenly you're like, Oh, it's the evening, just like it would, would happen in real life if you were hanging out outside. Like all of a sudden it's just nighttime. Yeah, totally. So for my process, I started with my like key moments. I started with like, it is daytime and I built my daytime look. And then I built a, the sun is going down. It's getting long shadows across the ground look. Then my early sunset cue, my peak golden hour cue and then that like rich pink purple magenta of like the sun has gone down and now you're just getting the reflection of the light in the clouds and then the erasure of all of that going into like faded pastel blues and then my night look and then made sure that they all blended together. So I added like two or three steps in between each cue and then just set them based on the action of the play. They're about four to eight minutes long each using our, our benchmarks of like Georgia enters. So we need to be in like starting sunset by the time Georgia enters. And that usually takes... I don't know, 12 minutes. We did that during tech. We timed that out so that each of those cues gets enough time to be truly subtle. And for by the time we get to sunset, you're like, oh, wow, how did we get here? I didn't even notice that this happened. It's really quite something. It's such a cool effect. And it makes that space feel so 
real. The way that you're talking about making subtle shifts in lighting and how certain colors look at certain times of the day, where did you learn like where did you learn this? You know what I mean? Like is it just something that you study and you know that certain colors blended together are going to do this that and the other thing or is it just based on observation? How does that all come to be? Like when you're working on your cues and you're blending colors together, what is that process? look like and how do you know what colors to blend and and what to do oh totally so i watch a lot of sunsets as a person that loves loves light and loves taking pictures for reference for later and a lot of the like nitty-gritty programming of it is totally lifted from other designers that i've seen do things so like i've watched heather gilbert program and i'm like oh i see that like cool effect that you're doing i'm stealing that she did this really neat long sunset fade in God of Carnage at Milwaukee Rep that I saw last year. That was phenomenal. And I definitely took a lot of inspiration from what she did on that show. Ben Stanton did a lot of really beautiful, like dreamy mid-afternoon work in the notebook that I assisted on. So I took a lot of inspiration from that as well. And the way that he cued and the attention to detail of all of the background and the way that light hits the stuff. So like even if the people are really beautifully lit, the boxes and the trash and all of the other stuff need to follow the same visual vocabulary as the people. Oh, I love that. The visual vocabulary. Yeah. That's great. I really love that a lot. I mean, because our show has a lot of visual vocabulary. That inspiration that you're talking about, yes, our actors look amazing. It's funny you mentioned like the trash, our little trash corner stage left. Even that looks amazing. It's really lovely. I'm going to start using that visual vocabulary. We use the, the visual vocabulary to teach the audience how to watch the show and like what is scary and what a tense moment, the, the gotcha moment at the end of the play when she... When Georgia pulls out the gun and all of a sudden there's like no sound, there's no pulsing lights, there's nothing. And like all of a sudden the audience is totally aware of like exactly where this space is. Oh, that's so good. I think a lot of people come and see plays. They have a good time or they don't have a good time or whatever. You know, we, we sometimes take theater for granted and we'll see these shows. People don't realize all that goes into getting to that moment. Any play that is produced, anytime there is a performance, it is a mini miracle. It took so many right decisions, so many different conversations to get to that point of being able to sit in a theater and watch a play. And so much thought and so much consideration is put into every single moment of a play. It's really stunning when you take a step back and think about it. So thank you for all of your work in that. Of course. It was a delight to work on and to have time to like throw stuff at the wall and be like, that's wrong and that's okay. Let's try something new. Right after that last day of tech, because we have that big into my eyes moment, we had this pretty long conversation about do we earn that moment or not, right? Like, do we earn this big, wild UV lights, change in lights, music? Do we earn this moment and do we need more omens or magic or things along the way to help that? We what? We spent that whole next Tuesday before... Just like adding magic and being like, is this a place where we can hint to the audience that something is different about this world. Yes. And we added a lot. We added a whole lot of magic, which I... And we went big. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> the, first, the first go. We sure did. I feel like every five minutes there was a light change or a sound, thunder, 
the sound of magic. Do you remember Georgia's entrance when she came in? Georgia's entrance was so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> what we used to have is like Georgia would come in and what what was her line? What do you do doing out here? Just hanging out. And then the lights would turn green and there was like a thunder clap in the distance. Yep. Is that is that right? Is that what we did? Uh Puff and Jame were talking on the the revolution steps. And Georgia had a sneaky little entrance where she came in in the dark. And unless you were sitting near her, you didn't know she was part of the show. And I don't remember what, I think it was Stephanie's line, the world shifted green and lights came up on Georgia. That's right. <laughs> there were thunderclaps. It was like, ooh, something spooky has happened. Something spooky. Who is this? Yeah, it was. That stuff was fun. I mean, ultimately, we did it for two previews and then it got cut, but it was fun to see. Do you remember when we were going to have lights and fog in the cauldron or in the box? Oh, yeah. We were going to put lights and uh, smoke in the uh, milk crates. That's so that right. at, for the into my eyes moment, we could fill the stage with like a low lying fog and make their cauldron their representation of a witch's cauldron glow. That was uh see, this is what I'm talking about. Like there's so much stuff that happens between first preview and opening. And I, I love that. I love going out there and trying new stuff, taking big swings, dreaming big, seeing what works and doesn't work. I feel like it takes a lot of courage to do that, right? Like all parties involved, all the designers, all the actors, everybody. It takes a great deal of courage to give give these things a shot because not everything works. And I think a lot of stuff frequently doesn't work or work necessarily for your storytelling or your play. So I commend your confidence. I commend your bravery and your courage. Thank you. Yeah. Do you remember the days when we were going to like carve out the runes in the set and like backlight them? <laughs> I sure do. What would we have done? What would we have done if the UV lights didn't work? Because that was another big topic of conversation. Like, are the UV lights actually going to work? Is that paint going to show up? What would we have done? That's a great question. I think we would have tr pivoted and gone with like a blue light reactive paint and just use the LEDs that we already have. What is the difference between blue light and UV light? Is there a difference? Are there two different things? Well, Katrina had specced a like blue light reactive paint, which I haven't used before. So I was really antsy about it. I was like, what if we just use UV? Like this paint works really well. This like wildfire paint works really well. And we can get like any cheap UV light that they use at like bowling alleys and like arcades and stuff. They're pretty inexpensive. So Katrina was wonderful and was like, yeah, sure, we can pivot and do that. Well, I'm glad it, it ultimately worked. It worked really well. But yeah, man, I forgot about that carving out the runes and backlighting. That would have been something else. That would have been impossible to mask. It would have been so hard to hide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the paint itself was like, I'm surprised that that worked as well as it did in terms of not being really able to notice it until you until you do. Did we also talk about like, what if we had a big glowing door like from Lord yep. of the Rings? Yeah. Runes everywhere. <laughs> It would have been cool if we could have done runes all over the theater, but that would be, that's a lot. It would have been cool. That would have been so cool. <laughs> we'll do that in the next play. I'll pitch it to Dato. Like we would have left a UV trail that would have stayed in that theater forever. The ghosts of revolution would have joined the rest of them. So what what's next for you, Erica? I mean, after you open your show in Kansas City, then what happens? What goes next? 
Yeah, then I'm coming back to Chicago. I'll be at UIC doing Smart People to Lydia, our diamond play, and she is directing it, which is really exciting. Oh, I know Lydia. I just did Tony Stone with her. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's directing. She's the playwright. She's so cool. And I'm really excited to work with her. Then I'm going to Milwaukee to do Best Christmas Pageant Ever, the musical. Okay, Best Christmas Pageant. So you're just, you just got all that work lined up. Uh, Yeah, I'm just running around. (laughs) Thank you for lending your talents to A Red Orchid Theater. I feel really lucky that we got you in the room that you were I I didn't think you were going to be available so when you agreed to meet with me and chat and you were indeed available and down and game to do this thing and come up from Kansas City it was a huge victory for me that day I was on cloud nine so (laughs) I really appreciate you joining this team and making revolution just a really wonderful and special time I was a new director I've never directed before and I and you did a great job well thank you Thank you, Erica. Phenomenal job. (laughs) Thank you. And I think that was only because I had such a sensational creative team and a bunch of people who were very good at their jobs and people who I could rely on to bounce ideas off of and who were just really, really smart in their roles and really excellent storytellers. And I just really appreciate you coming through and doing that thing for us over at Red Orchid. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So come hang out with us again sometime. Totally. I'm down. I'm so down. 